Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This month, this entire month of March, we are celebrating Women's History Month. It's a month where it's been set aside by America, the United States, to celebrate women across the world. Women in our history, women in our current, women in our future. I myself, as a woman, am elated that there is a day, not only a day, but a month set aside for celebrating the women that have trekked the way for me to be able to be the professional that I am, to be the minister that I am, to be the musician that I am, to be the person that I am. And it is is a delight to work with an organization, be a leader in an organization that takes the time to recognize as well. Three months. Speak to women in ministry. I pray that you're blessed by this message, just as I was blessed in it being given to me in time of study. Its objective is to encourage and empower women in ministry to proclaim even as he reveals and gives his message to us in our time of study. Self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit and one that is unfortunately often missing from the life branches of many believers and sadly preachers. Unwilling to give ourselves totally to the one who we represent, we present a faulty God and gospel, at least in their eyes. They are the world and the laity. Most of all, for many of us, unfortunately, God is not pleased with our representation and with our delivery. Sensuality fills our message. Emotions overtaking the messenger often distort the message. Please understand this. We have, we must deliver his message with precision and most of all, sincere hearts. Women of God, speaking before you, I myself am chosen as a messenger. And as we know, many of our gender counterparts and even some of our sisters expect a certain faulty delivery and are operating in spiritual gifts and definitely in proclaiming the gospel and our delivery of preaching and proclaiming what he has said to us. They expect much crying, even whining, and a lack of substance. The reception of ourselves in these cases, some cases are slim to none and in others a joke. This does not have to be and should not be. Our part in correcting this, our part in making this right, is in fact and in truth to come to the sacred death correct. I submit to you tonight some keys to achieving this very platform of preaching. Know him. Jeremiah 9 and 24 says, but let him that glorious glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Philippians 3 and 10, we find that Paul says that I may know him. This is a familiar scripture. 
that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, even the death of the cross. This is something that we must prioritize and study and in delivery, to know him. We cannot represent, we cannot proclaim someone that we do not know. If a son or a person, let's just not even give them any type of title, but if a person goes to represent one of notable uh, position and has not even had a conversation with them, they will not be received, first of all, and they, on their part, are just wrong, are incorrect. You cannot represent you cannot represent something or someone who has not first been presented to you. So we must first, as preachers of God, first of all believers, but preachers of God and his gospel, presenting Jesus Christ, him crucified, him dying for the world to be saved, we must know the God that we preach about, the God who gave us this word. We must know him. Second of all, we must know his message. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 3, excuse me, reads, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Of course, we know that the writer of this was Paul the Apostle. And he also said, in Romans 1 and 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in the scripture we find the definition, or at least a glimpse of, or overview of the definition of what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. He said, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The power of God unto salvation. Souls are depending on us to deliver the power of God unto the deliverance of whatever they are in, the sin state that they're in, the lack of health state that they're in. We cannot operate in the miracles and not know the miracle worker. We cannot proclaim the gospel and not know the God of the gospel. We cannot speak into or even help or assist in the financial needs of persons and not present them with our aura as well as what we say, how we carry ourselves, the way we present ourselves, our character, our personality, reflecting the God who we say we are with. We're saying we're one with him. We're saying that we represent him and we're servants of a God that we don't really know. And it's time to know him. And it's time to know his message. Not only know him, but know what his message is. What is the gospel? We find in many services, many conferences, we'll have events, conventions, we even have music uh, events, and God is not properly represented. His message is nowhere in the program. Why are we doing it? If his message is nowhere in the program, what is to that program? Nothing but vainglory, flesh, and a form of godliness, but no power within it. It's time out for that. We also must know his will for the delivery of the, me the message. We're called to preach, yes. We prepare ourselves and study knowing the word and the text of, uh, and the context. But as far as the revelation is concerned and the substance behind it, many of us lack it. We'll pinpoint text. We'll, uh, we'll come up with messages um, right on the top of our head 
and not it coming straight from the Spirit of God in our time of study. The Spirit of God should be involved in every phase of the preparation of each message, from the time that the first thought comes into your mind and your heart concerning what should be said to the people of God, to the point of you writing the first letter in your notepad, and even into the phase where you begin to type the message and outline, and especially the phase where you actually engulf in the text and the word and get it for your own, uh, you know it, you become one with it, so that when you are delivering, it will be a, a thing or a presentation of overflow. We must know the text. We must know his message and his will for the delivery. What is his purpose for delivering this message? What is his purpose for that body that you have been sent to, that body of the church of God? What is his will for that particular body? What does he want to perform? What does he want to happen in that worship setting? What does he want them to receive from that particular message? What type of growth does that church need? What type of uh, operation of spiritual gifts and um, their knowledge in their mind being enlightened by the Spirit of God? In what area? What glory are they supposed to go to? We oftentimes don't even consider those questions, don't even consider those dynamics and dare to go before these congregations and bodies with a flaky, no-substance message. It's time out for that. It's 2009. Many of us have been speaking about it being a year of manifestation, and we cannot manifest something that we do not possess. And it's time to know his will. It's time to know him, first of all, know his will and know his message before we even dare step behind the sacred desk. And when we speak on his behalf, we must, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4.13, in having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, we believe and therefore we speak. In Romans, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We must speak on his behalf boldly. Why? Because we are the vessels that he uses to get his message through. We are the delivery person that takes the message substance from the, as my apostle says, from the headquarters (laughs) to those who are to be the recipients of it. So we must boldly do it, and we cannot boldly do something. The confidence, it's in our makeup. It's in our, in how God has made us in his image and likeness. We cannot boldly present something that we do not have a confidence in the substance being there. We have to know it. If you ever watch a child up up to an adult speak concerning a matter that there's no knowledge based on, based in, or there's no internal knowing beyond just the head knowledge but an internal knowing, there's a lack of confidence. Our confidence comes in this, that we know that he has spoken to us. Scripture tells us not to cast away our confidence, for in it is great reward. That applies to us in our daily life application. It applies to us as ministers when we go before the sacred desk, as I've been saying in this message. Every time we step foot behind the desk, we must have the confidence, and we can expect it to just fall on us as the anointing 
for that particular message or that time period rests on us. We can't expect the confidence to just pop up. This must be a daily thing. I've been reading in my personal time. I've started studying the Word of God. I've been reading a leadership book. And uh, the leadership principles that are in there talk about how leadership is not something that just comes overnight, but it's something that is pruned and cultivated and grows over time. And unfortunately, I've spoken to, unfortunately is not necessarily a good word, but sadly, I've spoken to some persons who believe they're called to preach and they'll run off of just that inkling and their study is not um, appropriate and they don't really get to know God first. A lot of times they'll be prophesied, quote, unquote, <laughs> to concerning their calling and they are five minutes into salvation and then run off of the calling and that's not, that's not God's will. If he did allow you to know at that point of time, he will prepare you and take you to take you through the process of prepping you for this type of work. It's not something you can just jump up and do. I've had years of mentoring. I've had years of observing certain persons. I come from a lineage of preachers. I'm using myself as an example because I know me better than anyone else besides God and close friends and family. Uh, I, I know persons, the ecclesiastical leader that's of this particular um, organization, Urban Glory Campaign, and who is the host of this radio broadcast. He has been preaching since the age of five, has been under mentors. He has family members, and most of all, in the spiritual family, and has trained him, has spent one-on-one one -on -one time with him. He has spent time most of all with God. I have spent time most of all with God. My ancestors, I come from a lineage of preachers on both sides. I have a great-grandmother who was an outstanding leader in the Church of God in Christ, and she spent time with the Lord, and the time she invested with the Lord passed down through generations, and that admonition of God passed down through generations and fell on me, and I continued in it, spending time with God, getting to know him, first of all, for myself, before I even tried to proclaim the gospel. Jesus himself said, after you're converted, then strengthen your brother. And he said to Peter that I pray that your faith fail you not before we even preach faith. We must get stable in our faith, in our acting on our belief. What do you believe? Too many of us that come before the sacred death and don't even know what we believe. So we speak what others have said they believe, and we think we believe but aren't sure. It's time out for being unsure, preaching and living in misnomers. It's time out for that. It's time to know him, know his message, and know his will, and then speak on his behalf. Knowing this and having this boldness, Paul also said in First Corinthians two, and my brethren, when I came to you, I came out with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In verse four, he says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but this latter part is what I want to emphasize. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That has been the issue with many of our churches. Their stand has been in the wisdom of men and not in the power of God, and that's why you see the splittings happening and um, divorces and crazy scandals happening in the pulpit because the preachers have first built their foundations on their own wisdom and then have followers behind them building on top of their wisdom in their flesh. And it's a faulty foundation, it's a faulty building. Christ himself said, to build on the rock. The rock is him, Christ Jesus, who is the word of God. 
We must stand on the word of God, first of all, in our life, in our devotion. How are you preaching to people proclaiming, and your devotion is whack, as the young people say. How can you stand before the congregation and preach, and you do not pray in the spirit on a regular basis? It's just, it's not, it's not happening. You may get up there, and there be no substance. You really think you're fine, and there be no substance. And women, I want to encourage you that despite what, Oppression is still out there because we're, we're not all received um, in many churches and denominations still think we're not supposed to preach. But we must first do what, we know, do what you know to do. Forget about what people are saying. Do what you know to do. First of all, the one that you're pleasing is God. Do what you know to do. I want to encourage you today, preach. Sister, preach. Just preach. Do what you know to do. Get sound in the doctrine of Christ. Get sound in your mind. Get sound in your spirit. And preach. Study his word. Get to know him. Get to know his message. Get to know his will. And preach. Proclaim. Once he, once he opens up that door, once he opens up that way for you to do it, preach. Despite what anyone is saying. And as I said earlier, despite what our gender counterparts are saying, whatever some males are saying, some males still think that the man is head of every woman. It's the husband who's head of his wife and his household. No man who is clear across the country is head over me because I'm a female. No, that's not happening. Look at the scripture. Look at the scripture correctly. The Bible says to, that there, <laughs> the scripture is of no private interpretation. There's too many private interpretations being spoken across the pulpit. It's time for us women to stand up. I'm speaking to you today. It's time for us women to stand up, make sure our devotion is straight before we even step before the sacred desk, so that when we do step before the sacred desk, we come with a power that's to be reckoned with, and not for our glory, but for his glory, that we really represent him for real and that his glory can be spread in the earth, across the earth, without hindrance, without any hesitation. We can proclaim, we can preach, preach, proclaim his gospel with no hesitation, no hindrance, and with no foe being able to stand in our way. And if they do, they will be, as Scripture says, 10,000 will fall at one side and 1,000 at the other. They'll have to fall. And they'll not only fall, but they'll fall and bend their knee and say that Jesus is Lord. It's not about us at all. This is not a feminist message. This is not a message about women overtaking the opposite sex or being, um, being uh, bullish or there's some other words, like <laughs> mushy or anything like that. It is about us standing up and being who God has called us to be. If he's called you to preach, preach, sister, preach. But when we speak, we must speak the same things that we must know. We must know him, his message, and his will. We must speak in the power of knowing him and knowing his message and knowing his will. In my study, I was looking at Ezekiel, and the Lord said these words to Ezekiel. They're pretty strong, but I wanted to, to, uh, to go over this text and point out to you what God was dealing with him concerning speaking exactly what he said. So Ezekiel, the third chapter, you look at the whole chapter, um, but I'm going to look in on 26 and 27. He said, I will make your tongue cleaves to the roof of thy mouth, that thou shalt be dumb. Now this is to Ezekiel. And thou shalt not be to them a reprover, for they are a rebellious house. But check this out in verse 27. But when I speak with thee, when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, He that heareth, let him hear. He that forbeareth, let him forbear. He said, When I speak, I will open your mouth, and you will say to them, Thus saith the Lord God. Too many of us are not waiting to hear him. And we're deceived because in prayer we go and say what we want to say. We go and go through our whole repetitions and our 
traditions, and do not leave time for him to speak to us. Do not leave time for him to speak to us. And then after, even after the prayer time, even in our daily walk, we don't, we can't hear him because our ears are closed. We're so distracted by being concerned in this life. Many of us have children or are married or have, uh, have to take care of family members and have many responsibilities because of the um, economy. Some of us are working different hours than usual or not working, and we allow these life situations to distract us from really hearing him. We can hear him and have an inner focus on the spirit of God that's in us and hear him at any time. We could be standing as a cashier in a grocery store and asking if you want paper or plastic, if they even do that still now, paper or plastic, and at the same time hearing God speak to us either about our lives or, or uh, concerning a scripture we meditated on earlier that day, we can hear God and be in our job working with no type of, type of religious um, extroverted expression, um, speaking in tongues on our job um, when we're supposed to be speaking English to a customer. That's not acceptable. We can hear God no matter what type of life situation we're in, no matter how many responsibilities we have, children, uh, various jobs, plural, or having to take care of a family member or having a business and a job, whatever your responsibilities are, there is no hindrance to you hearing God. We don't have to go to a priest to hear or speak to God. We can go boldly before the throne of grace at any time because it is a spiritual, a spiritual communication that goes on. We can hear God. And we can minister to him. We can, um, in our 15-minute breaks, our 30-minute breaks, just spend time with him sitting um, in the, the break room or sitting somewhere where no one is, in, um, in the locker room or wherever, if you're a college student. You can hear God at any time. You can speak to him. You can commune with him on a continual basis, no matter what your life situation is. So we must know his will, we must speak on his behalf in the power of knowing him, we must speak on his behalf in the power of really knowing and being confident of his message. In Second Corinthians, Paul said concerning ministry, therefore we sing, we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. This is Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 13, I'm going to pinpoint certain uh, verses, but please look at verses 1 through 13 in its entirety. He said, therefore seeing we have this ministry. As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves servants for Jesus' sake. Look at verse 7. He said, and we've heard this many times, I don't want you to really listen to this verse, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's the confidence that we walk in. That is the confidence that we walk in. Verse 8 says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto the death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, so then death worketh in us the life in you. We can boldly say that to the lady we served before, that death worketh in us. We, we die daily 
for the sake of being able, much to much is given, much is required. We die daily for the sake of being able to live in this impurity and with a knowing and with a confidence and being able to be so, so available for the anointing to be transferred through, for the word of God to be spoken through as the vessels, as mouthpieces of God, with no adding to, no taking away, exactly how he gave it to us. We give it. Thirteen, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. When we speak on his behalf, we must speak by and be empowered by his will for the delivering. So once we know his message, know him, and know his will for the delivery, we must speak on that empowerment. Ephesians, the second chapter says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon, excuse me, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In him all the buildings fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are built together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. This is his will this is his will for the delivery. When we speak in the congregation, to the congregation, it is for the purpose of building up. It is for the purpose of building upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the cornerstone, so that the building can fitly be framed together and grow into what the scripture says right here in verse twenty one, a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye are builded together also for inhabitation of God through the Spirit, a habitation of God through the Spirit. God cannot, God cannot inhabit a faulty building. We must preach, sisters. We must, we must preach the unadulterated Word of God. We must preach it with purity, with genuity. We must preach it with sincerity. We must preach it perpetually and not stop. We must preach in His glorious manifestation. We must preach in Every revelation, we must preach, sisters, preach. Preach his gospel with boldness. Preach his gospel with confidence. And once we speak on his behalf, in knowing, in the power of knowing his message, and in the power of his will for its delivery, after that, leave. <laughs> leave. Don't worry about whether it's been received or not. That is God's responsibility. Leave the rest to him. In Isaiah, the 55th chapter, he says, and we've heard this so many times, but it will not hurt to hear it again. It will actually, I believe, bless you to hear this again. Verse 11 of Isaiah 55, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in a thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not, will not return. You can operate in this confidence and just leave it to him. Leave the rest to him because it will not return to him void. And, and the, the thing is that we, don't, we have not trusted him to really be with us throughout the whole process. So from the time that we study, we struggle with study, and then we get to the point where we actually are presenting what we've studied, and the spirit wasn't even involved in the study. So when we go to present, the confidence isn't there, and and what looks like confidence for some of us is cockiness. We'll come out of arrogance in our flesh, and the delivery, and it don't even look like people are getting hyped and actually receiving, but the hype has no substance to it, and they leave there not delivered, 
They leave there with no knowledge. It is, it's just, it's got to stop. It's 2009. It's manifestation time. It's time to manifest, for real, the glory of God in the earth. And we are the spokespersons of him. It says in Romans 10, how shall they hear? The Bible preacher, how can they preach unless they be sent? We must know that we're sent, know the one who we're sent by, know his will, know his message for real, and bring it before the people of God so they can grow therein, be a building that's fitly framed, and the Spirit of God will inhabit that building. This body of Christ that we talk about all the time will truly be inhabited by the Spirit of God, and the world will see us for who we are and who we are. We're the light of the world. The world will see us as the light of the world and be changed as we have already been changed from glory to glory and from faith to faith, after you know his message, know him, know his message, know his will, and begin to speak in that empowerment, leave the rest to him. Knowing his message has been delivered with honor. Matthew 10, 13 through 15, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not, if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. These are the words of Jesus. 14 says, And whomsoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. We can rest on the words of Jesus, leaving it up to God. Just leaving it up to God, leaving it up to the Spirit to work on their hearts, leaving it up to Jesus because to continue interceding on the church's behalf of sugaring us to reach the world and reconcile them back to God. We can trust that the Father is sourcing all of it. <laughs> and we can rest in the power of his will being done. Paul said we preach not of ourselves, but Christ. And we have this treasure of earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have in the same spirit, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. We also believe and therefore speak. Preach, sister, preach. The uncompromised word of God. Preach it sometimes until it hurts. Preach, sister, preach. The truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help you, God. Preach it and don't renege on the word. Don't renege on the work. Preach, sister, preach with no manipulation and no private interpretation. Preach to his pleasing and for his glory. Preach his message. Tell only his story. Preach, my sister. Preach, my sister. Preach. To God be the glory for the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Perhaps you listen to me give you a little historical thought. You, you heard the hype in my voice. At the end of the day, you need to come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Repeat after me, I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. 
Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.